G'day everyone and welcome to the Dolby Anglican Podcast. My name is David and I'm one of the ministers at Dolby Anglican Parish. It's wonderful that you can join with us today. Our sermon today focuses on the book of Acts, chapter 17, verses 22 to 31. And the passage is read by Fiona Ellum. Let's listen to it now. A reading from the book of Acts, chapter 17, reading verses 22 to 31. Paul then stood up in the meeting of the Areopagus and said, Men of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. For as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship, I even found an altar with this inscription, To an unknown God. Now what you worship as something unknown, I am going to proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything because he himself gives all men life and breath and everything else. From one man, he made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he determined the time set for them and the exact places where they should live. God did this so that men would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, although he's not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. Therefore, since we are God's offspring, we should not think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image made by man's design and skill. In the past, God overlooked such ignorance, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. For he has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he's appointed. He has given proof of this to all men by raising him from the dead. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, what an awesome reading. Please uh, pray for me as I try to open up these scriptures for you as best I can. May the words of my lips and the thoughts of our hearts be ever pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Well, friend, how are you going spiritually? The last couple of months have been hard on everyone, some more than others. I've been fortunate as I've been able to keep working and my family are safe. But I've had the privilege of pastoring people who had to postpone their weddings, lost their jobs and lost loved ones. One of the upsides of restrictions, though, is that a lot of people who wouldn't normally join us for services have been joining us online. And so if that's you, I've written this sermon for you. In particular, I have a very close family member who I respect and love to the moon and back, who's been tuning into our sermons and has been on my mind as I've prepared this one. In our reading today, a guy named Paul addresses non-church people. Paul, who we met last week as Saul, once hated Christians, and so he knows what it's like to not be a Christian. But he had a radical encounter with Jesus, and now we see him encouraging others to get to know him. He's talking to people he respects and says, and I'm using the message translation here, It is plain to see that you Athenians take your religion seriously. When I arrived here the other day, I was fascinated with all the shrines I came across. 
and then I found one inscribed, To the God nobody knows. I'm here to introduce you to this God, so you can worship intelligently and know who you're dealing with. Now you may be thinking, David, why did you choose today to speak to non-churchy people? Paul's talking about people who take their religion seriously here. Well, it might surprise you to know that in many ways, non-religious people today are a lot like the people of Athens back then. Most of them worked hard, loved their families, and tried to live their best lives. Their religion was connected to their passions. Just like gamers today spend time and money at EB Games, so Athenians played games and worshipped the gods of entertainment. As people today spend time in the gym, people then went to gyms and baths and worshipped the gods of health. Some of us work long hours to get ahead and earn a good wage. People then worked hard and worshipped the gods of work. We all worship something, whether it's family, lifestyle, or the Broncos. And I feel if Paul were talking to us today, he would say, I see you take your passions very seriously. Here's the rub. While Paul sees the people are doing their best, he also sees shrines around the place dedicated to a God nobody knows. We have this today. It's why all of us enjoy Christmas and Easter, even without mention of Jesus. It's why we check our horoscopes and why sometimes we pray or donate money to religious charities, even if we never go to church. Something in us wonders if there's more to life than what we can see and touch. In every human heart, there is a place where we wonder, is there a God? And if yes, what God, what's God like? A shrine to the God nobody knows is in every human heart. This is what this Christian word apologetics is all about. It's about giving people space to ask questions about life, good and evil, and the existence of God. It's about sharing what Christians hold dear in a humble and winsome way. A Christian leader by the name of Francis Schaeffer once said, If I only had an hour with someone, I would spend the first 55 minutes asking questions and finding out what is troubling their heart and mind. And then in the last five minutes, I will share the truth with them. Paul spends a day in Athens and sees the shrines and hears the people's cry to the God nobody knows. And so he respectfully says, The God who made the world and everything in it, this master of sky and land, doesn't live in custom-made shrines or need the human race to run errands for him, as if he could take care of himself, couldn't take care of himself. He makes the creatures, the creatures don't make him. Sadly, Christians like me often have too small a view of God when we talk about religion. We speak about God as pie in the sky when I die. Do good things and you'll get good things. Do bad things and you're gone. Paul, however, speaks of a God who isn't trapped in or limited by creation, but in fact is the creator of everything we see, even ourselves. This God isn't hiding behind a cloud, and he doesn't need sacrifices or churches to be real. Instead, this God is reality itself. This God doesn't need us to believe in him in order to exist, but for some reason, he wants to know us. As Paul was speaking, he would have been able to see the gyms, markets, theatres and temples of the city. He would see people slaving away to keep the little gods happy. But he says, there is a God beyond all that. A God who is about more than what goes around comes around. This God isn't some unknowable force, but is bigger and more wonderful than we could ever imagine. 
Now you might be thinking, Dave, that sounds nice, but can you prove it to me? Well, I can't prove God, but God can prove himself because God is knowable. Paul says it like this in verse 26. Starting from scratch, God made the entire human race and made the earth hospitable with plenty of time and space for living so we could seek after God and not just grope around in the dark, but actually find him. He doesn't play hide and seek with us. He's not remote. He's near. Paul's big idea is that God is knowable. How is God knowable? Well, he's knowable best through Jesus Christ. God doesn't want or need our shrines to point us to his existence or show us what he's like. Instead, he sent his son into the world to show us who he is. When Paul talks about a judge who will set everything right, he's talking about Jesus. He's talking about how Jesus came into our world to show that not only does God have no boundaries, God's knowable too. Jesus was kind to people who hated him. He fed the hungry, healed the sick and brought peace to people in chaos. In return, jealous and hateful people killed Jesus by nailing him to a cross. Death couldn't hold him though because Jesus is the author of life and so he rose again from the dead three days later. You see, you don't need to do anything to find yourself, prove yourself or save yourself because Jesus has done it all for you. To know Jesus is to know God. This is why Paul talks to the people in Athens that day and to us today through the Bible. He didn't want people to join a club or pay him money. Instead, he wants to share the wonderful news that everything we're searching for in life is found in Jesus. God's love has no boundaries. God is knowable and God wants to know you. So friends, I've got a simple question for you today. Do you want to know God? Do you want to learn more about God? Do you want to learn why God created you and what God wants for your life? If COVID-19 has taught us anything, it's that life is precious and death is inevitable. Our lives are running out and so Paul tells us in verse 30, the unknown is now known and he's calling for a radical life change. He has set a day when the entire human race will be judged and everything set right. Jesus is coming back and now is your time to get to know him. In the epilogue to our passage, we see that the crowd is split. Look at verse 32. Some laughed at him and walked off making jokes. Others said, let's do this again. We want to hear more. But that was it for the day and Paul left. There were still others, it turned out, who were convinced then and there and stuck with Paul. Among them, Dionysius the Areopagite and a woman named Damaris. This is what apologetics is all about, friend. It's about sharing your reasons for believing what you believe in a winsome and humble way. It's making faith come alive for someone else. Some laugh at Paul. Some want to hear more. And some say, yes, I'm in. I'm ready to commit to Jesus. So friend, you're welcome to laugh at what I'm saying. I've made fun of Christians myself. But if you've got questions or want to get to know Jesus more, then I encourage you to reach out. Perhaps speak with a Christian you know, or you can fill out an online response card, which is on our website or in the comments section below. We'll respond to your cards and help you however we can to get to know God more. We all worship something, but I want you to know that the God who created you in the whole world has no boundaries. He knows you intimately and wants you to know him. 
So I encourage you today to not let this opportunity slide by. Reach out. Get to know God today. Amen.